All right, it's 13 minutes till 12. And I know it's, it's a dangerous thing to stand between hungry people and food. But uh, anyway, I'm preaching today from Isaiah chapter 6, and uh, beginning at verse 1, uh, at least through 4, and then I'll finish it up as we go along. But it says, in, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. <clears throat> now that's His presence. That wasn't Amtrak. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain He covered His face, and with twain He covered His feet, and with twain He did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Let me go ahead and read. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphim unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sins purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of the people fat, make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert and be healed. Then said I, Lord, how long? And he answered, Until the cities be wasted without inhabitant, and the houses without man, and the land be utterly desolate. He's prophesying the Babylonian uh, uh, destruction and captivity. And the Lord have removed men far from far away, and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. But yet in it, shall be a tenth, and it shall return, and shall be eaten as a teal tree, and as an oak, whose substance is in them when they cast their leaves. So the holy seed shall be the substance thereof. I believe this encounter that Israel, or that Isaiah had with the Lord, uh, is also an encounter that we as Americans need today. We just uh, had an election or are still in the middle of election and there's a lot of disappointments going on among two different groups of people. No matter which way you voted, it's disappointing. It's discouraging. But uh, Isaiah... God had opened up the scene and showed him that he was on the throne. And I'm telling you today that as Americans, you, your citizenship is not here, it's up there. 
Your citizenship is not in this world, is what I'm trying to say, but our citizenship is in heaven. Uh, he is our king. We already have king, and he is the king of kings and lord of lords. Uh, he wasn't voted in. He's not going to be voted in. Nobody has an opinion. He is the king. And Isaiah saw this great vision. Now, it says in the year that King Uzziah died, if you go to Second Chronicles, and I can't tell you what chapter it is, you can look it up, but you'll find that King Uzziah started uh, serving as king when he was 16 years old. Can you imagine having a king today that's 16? But here's the thing. He knew that he was not qualified and he sought the Lord. The Bible says that he did good in the sight of the Lord. As long as he sought the Lord and he served for 52 years as a king and they prospered. Man, they had weaponry that nobody else had. They were the envy of all of those nations over there. They had slingshots that would shoot a rock over the wall. <laughs> I don't know what else they had, but I'm saying that God blessed them. God prospered them economically, militarily, spiritually, in every way, as long as He sought the Lord. Let me warn you, you who serve the Lord in any capacity, as long as you know that you're not qualified, that you can't do it, God will bless you if you seek Him, seek His help. But the very moment you say, man, I got this. I can handle this. Lord, I don't need you anymore. I've been to school now. I have a degree. I don't need you, but if I ever do, I'll call you. Then you've done messed up the Lord would withhold His blessing. And that's what He did with King Uzziah. King Uzziah decided that uh, he, was, he, was, uh, uh, he was the king. He was some great one. And that he would go into the temple and burn incense. Well, there wasn't nothing wrong with burning incense, but it was who was going to burn that incense. That was illegal. That was against God's law for him to do that. The priest only could do that. And he went in there and 80 priests went in after him and said, this is wrong. You can't do this. But Uzziah said, I'm the king. I can do it. He's, he's the picture of 90% of the Americans today who will say, who's to say what's right and what's wrong? There is no right and wrong. We don't need that Bible. We don't believe that book. It was just written by a bunch of men. And we don't need it. And that was Isaiah's attitude. That's America's attitude today. You tell folks that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to Him but uh, can come to God but by Him. And people will say, "Oh, you don't. You're offensive." 
your offenses. There's got to be more than just that way. Pardon my grammar, but no, they ain't. <laughs> no, there's not. There's only one way. And this book is the inspired uh, Word of God. The inerrant Word of God. It is true. We're just not big enough to understand it. But whether we understand it or not, we ought to believe it, and the parts that we do understand, we ought to keep them. People will argue with you what's right and what's wrong when the Bible is clear on it. And if the Bible says it's wrong, I always say, then your opinion really don't matter. Or if the Bible says it's right, your opinion don't matter. But Uzziah went in there to burn that incense, and while the priest were, or he was arguing back and forth with the priest, suddenly leprosy broke out on his forehead. And that great king that had served for 52 years, and God had prospered Israel uh, under his kingship, uh, he died in a leper colony. You can't leave God out of your life. You can't leave God's will out of your life. You can't get big and, and think that you know you don't need God anymore. And that's where America is. We've kicked Him out of our school. Kicked Him out of a lot of churches. Kicked Him out of our homes. And I don't know about you, but uh, you know, I have kind of a sickening feeling when I hear a lot of folk, not everybody, but a lot of folks say, God bless America. But don't ask us to live our lives in such a way that you can bless us. See, God won't bless you in your sin, but He will bless you when you get into His Word and you make it the, the, uh, your light, the lamp under your feet and the light under your path that you might not sin against God because it's hidden your heart. Why do we nationally, why do we kill babies today? It's certainly not in this book. It's not in the book. We got Politicians now want to let prisoners go free. You know. But I don't hear any of them saying, let's, well, I hear some of them saying, let's stop this abortion. That's a national sin of America. And I believe we paid for it. The Bible tells us that the Lord helped Uzziah when he was seeking God and he was winning wars why do you suppose or do you suppose that God helped America when we first began do you suppose that reading your history books uh, about the the first war that we fought against England for our independence do you suppose God helped us? He sure did. We shouldn't have won that war. You know, we, we didn't have the men, the manpower, we didn't have the guns. 
But God helped America and we won that war. And then we had the, the First World War and the Second World War and our troops came back from there victorious. But did you can you think of any recent war that we actually won? We didn't win Korea War. We were fighting against the communist country or a couple of countries, but we just quit and came home. And then we sent our boys over to Vietnam to fight another communist country. And it's so sad the way America treated those soldiers when they came back. <laughs> and I've got my opinion as to why we didn't win those wars. God wasn't helping us. We've abandoned God. We decided we don't need Him anymore. And like I said earlier, if we do, Lord, we'll call you. But don't you worry yourself. Uh, old Jane Fonda fought, or, or the Jane Fonda's fought against us in that Vietnam War. And they, they wasn't tried for treason. They wasn't put in prison. They were allowed to go free and the news media glorified them. And still would. We have never fought a communist country that we won. You know why? Because we've got too many com communists in Washington, D.C. that's on their side. I didn't mean to get political. <laughs> but, but I... I couldn't help it, but we won those wars because God fought with us. But I believe Uzziah's death was a warning to the nation that greatness without godliness opens the door to a sad and tragic finish. God helped us in times past. But I'm afraid that that time has passed. The Bible says that pride cometh before fall. you believe that? I, I do. If you turn to Romans chapter 1, beginning at verse 18, he says, For the wrath of God, not the blessings of God, but the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them and God hath shown it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful nor holy, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. You know what it means to glorify God? 
It means that everywhere you go, everything you say, everything you do, people know that you belong to Him. Your very life glorifies God. And here it says, they knew God. They knew who He was. They knew that He was a creator of the world. They knew what God's will was for their life, but they didn't honor Him as God. Now, if that's not America today, I'm deaf, dumb, and blind. Their foolish hearts was dark and professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. They worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator. Are we there yet? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. To change the truth of God into a lie. He read the commandments and say, God didn't mean that. There it is, but God didn't mean that. You're taking the truth of God and changing it into a lie. And it says, God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. And for this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. We're there. We're there in America today. I tell you what, if Jesus doesn't come soon... There's no telling what it will be, what it will become. I'd say a lot of times, even so, come Lord Jesus. But in, in, the, in the depths of all that was happening with Uzziah, God did something, something special. He took a man and drawed him into his presence and showed him himself. He said, I saw the Lord also high and lifted up. You know what Isaiah said when he saw the Lord? He said, well, Lord, I'm not as bad as them people down there at the temple. I tithe. And you know, I do, I do this sin over here just a little bit, but not, I'm not as bad as old brother so-and-so. Now that's America today. But Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am undone. You see, when you get a glimpse of God, you get a glimpse of yourself. Isaiah realized 
when he saw God that all of men's righteousnesses were as filthy rags in God's sight. And so he said, Woe is me, for I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell uh, among people with unclean lips. And then one of the seraphim came to him, flew to him, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs off the altar. A hot coal is usually symbolic of judgment, but not when it comes off of the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sins purged. And I heard the voice of the Lord. By the way, do you know who Isaiah saw who he was talking to? John said he was talking to the Lord Jesus Christ. John saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration. And he knew that Isaiah saw the same person that he saw there on the Mount uh, Isaiah was seeing. He said, I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Us is plural, isn't it? Uh, that's, the, that's the same us where he said in Genesis, Let us make man in our image. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I like to show that to Jehovah's Witnesses. But they don't, they don't believe the Bible, so you can't show them anything. I have a, a work to do. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then Isaiah said, Here am I, send me. Here am I, Lord, send me. And God, in beginning at that ninth verse, He was saying, Isaiah, if you go, your work is not going to be easy. You're going to preach, and they're not going to hear you. You're going to talk, and even what they do hear, they're not going to understand. But then He said, Yet it shall be a tent. One in ten will hear you and be blessed. What a, what a tragedy that 90% of the people were going to hear Him and not believe. But what a great blessing to the 1% who would hear one out of ten. Now you know what? In America, that represents about 30 million people. One in ten. What are we going to do? Are we going to let them go? Are we going to let them die and go to hell? Or are we going to say, Lord, here am I. Send me. You say, I'm not qualified. That's why you ought to do it. Because when you're not qualified, God will help you if you seek Him. If you try to do it in your own power, you can't even find God. But when you know you can't do it and you look to Him, He will bless you. And He'll bless what you're doing and what you're saying. And He'll make it successful. Here am I, He said. Send me. 
here am I, send me. What if that 1% was somebody in your family? What if that 1% was a spouse, husband or wife? What if that 1% was someone that you love so much and they're dear to your heart? Would you say, here am I, Lord, send me? He said that one-tenth, they're going to return. And they'll be eaten as a teal tree and an oak. But they still have a substance in them. You, uh, you can cut down a tree and leave a stump. But if you watch it pretty soon, that stump's putting on new growth. Because it has life in it. And he said, that holy seed shall be the substance thereof. It may lose its leaves, but it's alive. It's got life in it. You know what? And, and I'm going to close with this, but I know all of you have heard of the Titanic. How that thing sunk. And I believe America today is just like the Titanic. We've hit an iceberg. And we're sinking fast. I, and I dread to see that. I love America. I grew up in America. In a totally different America then than what we have now. I can remember hearing grown men standing around telling dirty jokes until they saw a kid coming or a woman and they would shh, be quiet, there's a lady. But today the ladies are the one telling the jokes. Not the ladies, I say women. Ladies don't do that. <laughs> and, and, and men don't have any, any sense anymore about protecting the ears of the young people. We're, we're like that. We're going down. But do you know what's happening? The rooms below the deck, that's the churches. And they're playing real soft, soothing music, praise and worship music. Feel-good music. They're going down, but they feel good. Where, where is the alarm today? Where are God's people that would say, Lord, here I am, send me! We need that. We need to wake up. Make sure we're awake. Now I don't I don't believe I don't believe this church is lullabying anybody to sleep. I think you hear the gospel every time you come here. If you're lost, there's no excuse. Because you've heard it. Jesus saves. I, I said the Titanic is going down, but the cross still floats. 
And there's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for me. There's room at the cross for everybody. I wonder this morning as we close and sing, get prepared for the invitation hymn, if there's someone here that the Lord has spoken to you this morning and you've heard His voice, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Would you say, Lord, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. There's a song. And I tried to get Kevin, to, me and him, sing it earlier, and he said he didn't know it, but it's in an old book. And Kevin is not as old as me, so he'd never heard it. But it said, there's much to do. There's work on every hand. Hark, the cry for help comes ringing through the land. Jesus calls for reapers. I must active be. What will thou, old master? Here am I. Send me. Would you make that decision this morning? If you're walking with the Lord, would you be encouraged just to, to continue to walk with Him? And in a greater way, maybe you're backslidden. Would you come home today? Maybe you don't know Christ as your Savior. The Word is going out. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's the only way. You can't make it on your own. Your, your righteousness is, as I said, like filthy rags. But His righteousness that He'll give to you is perfect righteousness. It's pure. And it's the only righteousness that will get you to heaven. We invite you to come today as we sing. What number, Kevin? Number 382. Number 382. Mercy.
carrot sticks. It's dinner. I've already looked. And I want to remind you that even though maybe you didn't know and you didn't bring anything, stay anyway. I'll, I'll have some of these ladies that usually eat a whole lot and kind of cut back a little. There'll be enough for you. And remember Jesus fed a multitude with just a little boy drunk, so he can feed you. All right, God bless you. Uh, we'll have the closing prayer and also ask the Lord's blessings on the food. And uh, I want to ask Brother Chris Danley if he'll lead us in that prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you this day and we just thank you for being a, for the opportunity to hear your word being preached to us today, Lord. Dear Lord, just pray that you will just uh, establish it in our hearts, Lord, that we are all called to go out into this world and preach the gospel to every creature. Lord, we don't have to be pastors or Sunday school teachers, but Lord, all we got to do is just trust in you and let your grace flow through us and just let her open our mouths to those that are lost. Dear Lord, just pray your blessing upon this food. May it bring nourishment and nutrition to our body, Lord. And we just give you all thanks and glory and ask these things in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord.